Welcome to MM Plays, our podcast where we design, play, and discuss a game and campaign. Along the way, we will alternate episodes between actual play adventures and the analysis and discussion of games and design theories that relate to the campaign we're playing. For this campaign, we'll be using the mechanics of Cortex Prime, designed by Cam Banks. We randomly selected a theme and ended up with swashbuckling high school urban fantasy. So, join MM Plays as we explore and enjoy a new campaign. And now, for the introduction of our players... My name's Chris Nizak, and I'll be playing Silas Flameworth, son of the Flameworth family with a frozen soul that's not my own. I'm Old Man Logan. I'm playing Henrik Gunny Gunderson, a normal teenager who's about to discover something extraordinary. My name is Jerry, and I'm playing Santiago Zircon. He is the rebellious and reluctant scion of a powerful magic family. I'm Phil Vecchione, and I will be your GM. And welcome back, everybody. Hey, what's to- up? Woo-hoo! Thank you, thank you. To get us ready again for our next session, I have once again prepared the table. We have our script change cards. We'll be using rewind, pause, and fast forward. I think we all remember what they do. Feel free to use them uh, as needed. And I have uh, the big X card on the table if we need to edit out anything, like remove it from the game. Again, feel free to use script change, not even just for safety, but if you want to do a little content editing as we play. And again, the X card for yeeting, as the uh, youths say, yeeting any content out of the game. Yeeted and deleted, man. Yeeted and deleted. We pick up with the epilogue to story one. When we last left off, Gunny had just received his father's axe from the dude bro fuckboy angel, who was very happy to hand you the axe and, as the youths say, yeet himself out of there to head off for his hot date. I feel like he should have had a Californian accent. Like, I mean, brah, like, can I, can I, I just, I just wants to get out of here. Cause I got, I got me a hot date. I mean, that's, I mean, it's possible. I'm like, brah, man, I gotta get out of here. Cause I got me a hot date. There we go. That's better. Yeah. I feel like he just, you know, whatever accent helps, so to speak. Right. <laughs> Phil Imagine do it any way you like. Mm. Phil doesn't do accents. I don't do accents. It's fine. I'm not the voice guy. That's the other GM. What the hell just happened? You look different, like very different. Yeah, I feel different. Who's going to explain what is going on? Perfect. With that hard cut, you guys are back inside the school. You are all sitting in Mrs. Cortez's classroom when someone comes up to the door and it immediately catches Silas's eye in his pressed coat with his uh, perfectly coiffed hair. It is none other than Silas's father. Victor Flameworth. And the door opens. And he walks in and he's like, Miss Cortez, good afternoon. Thanks for calling me and looks and he's like, gentlemen, I stand perfectly still straight up with my eyes forward because this is an official situation and I know how to behave in these situations. He's like, good afternoon, Silas. Good afternoon, father. If you two gentlemen and Miss Cortez, if you would excuse me for a few moments, I would like to speak to uh, Henrik here. T kicks his feet down from where he's uh, had him propped up on one of the desks and just stands up and shuffles out of the room without a word. I follow him. Miss Cortez follows you guys and closes the door. And she's like, do you guys want to pop or something? Yes. She's like, come can on. I, can I have a water? She's like, sure, it's on me. And she, she takes both of you down to the cafeteria where there's a couple of vending machines. Thank you. So Mr. Flamesworth comes over, takes Mrs. Cortez's chair and brings it over to where you are and sits down and just crosses one leg over the other, puts his hands together on his knee. And he's like, I'm sure you have a lot of questions right now. Yes, sir. I do. My name's Victor. Mr. Flameworth is fine for this conversation. I'm Silas's father. Okay. I'm also 
a mage. Uh, okay, so that's a thing? Uh, yeah, that is a thing, and that's what I want to talk to you about right now. So I am, and actually so are you, part of a magical civilization that lives hidden among the world that you knew up to about an hour ago. Checks his timepiece as he says that. You are also a magical being. In fact, your lineage is that you are an air elemental. An air elemental. Sure. I'm human, but my magical lineage is, um, hence my last name, is based in the element of fire. And um, your friend, your other friend, I forget that uh, young man's name, but he is clearly, uh, based on the look of him, he is clearly an earth elemental. Okay. Can I, can I ask you a question? I, that's exactly what I'm here for. Please. Can we make it go away? No, we cannot make it go away, but I'm stuck with it. Yes. Um, yeah, because that is who you are. But let me tell you that not everyone can see you in the way that you're seeing yourself right now. So like my mom? No, your mother will only see the person that you were this morning. In fact, humans who do not have magical powers cannot see you as anything other than your human self. Only those that are magical can see you as you truly are. Okay. Um, I guess that's good. Yes. And you're probably wondering how this came to be. Yeah. Okay. So again, a lot of this is going to come as a shock to you, but mages, elementals, things of that nature, things that you've heard fairy tales and stories about and things like that have been around through all of history. Not the history you know, the history you know, human history. We have existed alongside of humans in secret, helping humans for the most part, sometimes hiding from humans. But our community has existed within the human community. It has its own history. It has its own traditions and legacies and things like that. Legacy of which you are part of because of your father. Your father is an air elemental. Uh, how, do you, how do you know that? He was normal as far as I could tell up until... He passed away. A couple of things. Let me answer these carefully. First of all, your father is not dead. Whoa. Hey, whoa. Hold on. Um, huh? Your father ran away. He is, and again, I apologize. This is a lot to take in all in one afternoon, but I feel like I shouldn't keep these things from you any longer. Your father was a criminal. Oh, this is just getting better and better. Yeah, thanks. I'm magic, and my dad just up and left me and my mom because he's a crook. He's not a criminal in a mundane sort of way. He's more of a magical terrorist. You're not helping your cause here, buddy. Mr. Flamesworth. Sir. Thank you. I represent a group called The Veil. It is a collection of humans and elementals who work to preserve the secret world that we all live in. We do it for our safety. We also do it to preserve the earth. The function of the veil, the function of elementals and mages is to infuse the earth with magical energies to keep it alive. In order to do this, we need to operate quietly within human society. And there are rules about how we use our powers, what we can use them for all of that. In fact, that's what this after-school club that Mrs. Cortez runs is 
basically the beginner's class for learning our culture, our rules, those kinds of things. It'll be a club you'll be joining shortly. Now, I'm aware of your father because I have attempted to capture your father in the past. I almost caught him when he fled several years ago. You were very young. And I made a decision back then to place a spell upon you to hide your magical lineage from even you. Wait, so this would have happened sooner? It would have happened about two or three years ago. And you just decided you're just going to hide me. Your father has no shortage of enemies and enemies that would not be above using you to try to lure him out. I felt like you would be in danger. And since you didn't have a parent to learn your magic from, I made the decision to hide you. And honestly, until... Until that angel arrived, that spell probably would have lasted a few more years in hopes that we would have captured your father and could bring you into the fold. But I would like to see the axe. It's right here, propped on the side of my chair. Takes a look at it, inspects both sides of it, waves his hand over it, closes his eyes for a moment, nods, hands it back to you. It is authentically your father's axe. I don't know why he sent it to you, but... Your receiving it has disrupted the spell that I placed on you. So, here we are. You're a magical being, and you've just taken your first step into a magical world that you know nothing about. It's okay, because that's what this club is for. The Junior Guardians is kind of a training ground where we teach teenagers how to use their magical abilities, which you have, that you'll soon be able to learn, and how to use that axe to defend yourself, to help the magical community. So you'll be learning some of that as well. You'll learn how to operate your magical powers to fit inside human society. What kind of things can I do? Some of that will have to be figured out. I'm sure you've seen your share of movies and read possibly some books about magic and stuff. It's not terribly far off from that. What kind of rules do we got? I think you can probably guess some of the obvious ones. No overt displays of magic in front of humans. No using magic to gain excessive wealth. Some wealth, yes. Excessive wealth, no. These are the things Mrs. Cortez will go over with you as you're part of the club. But as long as I don't throw magic around in front of my mom, I could, like, just use it around the house? I mean, if no one else was around and you wanted to uh, use a breeze to close a door that's out of reach, sure. Okay. You're going to learn, you'll learn the finer points of uh, casting magic. I'm going to talk to uh, Miss Cortez and she's going to give you some special after school training to kind of help you get up to speed. In addition, I'm going to talk to my son, Silas, who only recently manifested his powers. So not very different from you. Just a few weeks ago, he manifested his powers. And I thought you could hang out with him. As I understand it, you guys are in a couple classes together as well as an after school club. We're in the academic decathlon club. Exactly. So you'll hang out with Silas. Silas is very knowledgeable about this world. He grew up in it since he was a child. And uh, like I said, he only recently manifested his powers. So he will be exceedingly helpful with most things. Uh, Okay. And again, the club will uh, also provide you um, supports. You can also meet the other classmates in the school who are also magical. There are uh, more than just the three of you. This might come as a shock to you as you will now see them 
in a way that you have not seen them before. How many magical people are at the school? Mm, let's see, counting you, about 15. That's, that's a lot more than I thought. And that's at this school. Okay, that makes sense. There are other schools that have this club as well, or a club similar to it. I know that this is quite a lot to take in. A lot. Your world has fundamentally changed. Crap. And I can't talk to him about it. Not in the least. That's what this group is for. So Ms. Cortez will happily talk to you about anything that you have on your mind, as well as your friends and the other members of the club. Yeah, Ms. Cortez can't explain to my mom why my dad be dead just up and left us because he's a terrorist. As far as your mom knows, the whatever explanation she has for his departure is all she needs. Okay. I don't say this lightly, but now that you've entered this world, you will be carrying a certain amount of secrets forever. We move through this world secretly. We operate behind the scenes. We meet in secret. Your life is always going to, from this point on, contain a certain amount of secrets. Don't have a choice, I guess. So, okay. Unfortunately, you do not. If you wish, I can offer you a small potion to help calm your nerves right now. But I can tell you that, honestly, you're going to, at some point or another, have to work through this. I already know a therapist, but that isn't going to help. If you need a new therapist, somebody who is one of us, we can find you that person. Okay. In the meantime, please hang out with my son. Let him share his knowledge with you. Again, he is exceedingly knowledgeable about our world and our culture and our history. He'll be a great place for you to start. Okay. Do you have any other questions for me? Uh, I don't think so off the top. Crap, what time is it? Checks his watch and he's like, I, I got to get to the store. I'm going to be late. Understandable. When you come back to school, check in with Mrs. Cortez and um, she'll have some additional information for you. You're going to, like I said, you'll be joining the club. Uh, she'll have dates and times for club meetings and things like that. But if you need to get home to your mother, go ahead and leave now. Oh, we should do something about this axe. Yeah, what the hell am I supposed to do with this thing? Yeah, hold it in your hand for a second. Okay. And he puts his hand on your hand and he concentrates for a second. And there's like a, like a bright light. And he's like, just put the axe here. Okay. And your hand slips into someplace that's not in this room. He's like, it's okay. You can just let it go. It's not actually that large of a space. Okay. That is kind of cool though. It is one of the first spells you will learn. I gotta go. Okay. Remember, just don't say anything to anyone unless you know that they are also magical. I should be able to see it, right? I look completely human to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the normal, normal magical humans, it'll be harder to figure out, but anybody who's elemental. You'll be able to see I it quite guess. clearly. Okay. What's our phrase again? Do you guys remember? So the foreign balance, the world in harmony. He teaches you the phrase. Okay. Oh, wait. Yeah, I heard that. All right. If you say that and you get this response, then it's free. You feel free to talk about it. If you don't, change the subject and move on. Okay. All right. I, I gotta, I gotta. Of course. Go ahead. Thank you, sir. Yes. Have a good afternoon. And uh, I'm sorry about all of this. I guess it's not your fault. Mm, a little bit. No, I would not have expected Silas to, I mean, Victor to admit that he was wrong. <laughs> to you. <laughs> When you guys come back with your drinks, Mr. Flamesworth pulls Miss Cortez to the side, talks to her for a few minutes, and he, she nods, and they, they have like a little chat back and forth for a few seconds. Do you guys say anything? Gunny's not here. Like when you get back, Gunny had to go home. 
dude, it's odd that your dad actually came to the school. Uh, I mean, this is kind of his job, and this is uh, elemental that we didn't know was around. I thought his job was like catching crooks and stuff like that. It's one of his jobs. It's like his most primary job. It is kind of weird that he is here, though. I mean, I wouldn't have expected him to show up for this. There's other people that do stuff like that. I mean, it's good for Gunny. I mean, uh, no, it's yet. not. <laughs> no, you had somebody to tell him what was going on, man. Sure, of course it is. But there are better people to tell him what's going on than my dad. I don't know your dad. Your dad has that air of like. like my dad like, is terrifying. A little bit, but I mean, even I think your dad like has gravitas. Yeah, for terrifying people. I'm not afraid of him. I think he's kind of. You're only not afraid of him because you haven't done anything wrong. Your dad's kind of cool looking, man. I mean, I guess that seems weird to say. I mean, he's a good face for. Do you think your dad's hell. cool? Not really. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> your dad's like a uh, lovable dork, though. Yeah, like, I guess. Yeah. Have you met my dad? You've no. met my dad. No, have I? Oh, yeah. I've, oh, yeah. You've met my dad. We've we known each other yeah, for years. I think your dad's cool, too, but you don't. No, that's true. I kind of wish my dad was more like your dad. But your dad looks cool. You have to admit, even you have to admit, your dad looks cool. I mean, he's super well-dressed and he has a $1,000 Versace suit or yes. like $5,000 Versace suit on. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be caught dead in it, but, you know. He literally looks like an evil mage. Yes. <laughs> Silas. D- what? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, hi, dad. Please come sit with me over here. Sure. So big day today, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I fought an angel. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, I survived an angel. Also impressive. I expect no less. Well done. Of course. Done. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. I need you to do me a favor. Uh-huh. I need you to spend time with Heidenreich. Is this like a veil thing? It is now. Yeah, of course I'll do it then. So I'm going to tell you something about him. Uh, okay. He knows this, but I'm going to tell you so that you're aware of it and uh, why uh, I'm here. All right. Years ago, I made a decision to protect him. When he was in middle school, I placed a spell on him to hide his lineage. I'm not going to go into the details why he can tell you if he likes, but I had my reasons for doing so. I give my father like this weird look like that sounds like you broke like a look that I don't say this, but it's the look that's like that sounds like you broke the law of the veil. It was sanctioned. Okay. A decision was made. It was my decision to make. I made it. It was supported, but I'm less sure that it was as good of a decision as I thought it was when I made it Why? a few years ago. I'm sh- surprised that you're here as it is. Like you're usually after people that break pretty terrible laws. And Again, you should talk to him about what he wants to tell you about his background. I chose to hide him for his own protection. Is he a criminal? He? No. Okay. Leaves it just at that. But in hiding him, I've put him at a disadvantage. He didn't have family that was going to be able to support him when he manifested. Which, of course, he did. And now he is... What you're saying is his mom's not magical. Correct. His mom doesn't know that he's magical? No. I'm not even sure his mom knows that her husband was magical. So dad was magical. It's about all I'm going to say on that subject. Where's dad? That's about all I'm going to say on that subject. Okay. Let me simply say this. If I knew where he was, it would be a different story. So you didn't catch him and throw him in prison? Just looks at you. Fair enough. I'll just ask Henrik. It's fine. Thank you. I would like you to hang out with him, and I'd like you to help him get accustomed to our world. You're exceedingly knowledgeable. You have had years of study on the veil, our history, our culture. He's going to need that help. You know, this is the most you've talked to me in two weeks. It's been an interesting two weeks, hasn't it? Uh, And he looks over to the archery bag sitting (laughs) on the floor. Yeah, it's been a bit of an interesting two weeks. That is a whole other conversation. 
we are going to have to have at some point. Okay. Not today. Okay. He's going to need magical friends. Sure. And since you know what it's like to awaken recently, I thought you'd be a good place for him to start. Like I said, I'll do it. Good. Help him join our world. We need him to get accustomed to our ways and to be part of the world. We don't want him becoming a renegade. Which, you sense the way he ends that sentence is like, not with a period, but a dot, dot, dot. Absolutely not. That would be terrible. I wouldn't want to see anyone fall down that path. Correct. Good. If you like, I'm going to head home. If you want to stay, feel free to stay a bit longer. We have club after school. Yes. Well, stay for club. I'll see you at dinner. Okay. He gets his coat, puts it over his arm, heads out the door. While that's going on, uh, T, Mm -hmm. Ms. Cortez sits with you and says, well, we've had certainly an afternoon. Nice job uh, finding the source of all that wind. We made a pretty good team. Hmm. Let's face it, Silas knows a lot more about the veil, and that's pretty impressive. Well, I'm hoping your team has room for one more. As you know, Gunny's going to need to find his place in our community. Yeah, I kind of guessed that. It's always a shock when you suddenly find out you're part of the veil. Yes, and he's probably about two years late discovering it. So our job is going to be to get him accustomed to our world. He's joining the club, obviously. Good. And uh, I'm hoping that he will uh, fit in with you and Silas. I think so. I don't see why not. I know that Silas and Gunny know each other through classes. I don't know if you were already friends with him or... I mean, I've seen him before. I don't know that we ran in the same circles. Okay, well... I know his mom makes a mean chalupa down at that uh, little store of hers. It's time to extend that circle a bit. Good. Help him fit in. He's going to need a lot. You know, you had your own struggles when your powers manifested. Imagine not even knowing that it could potentially happen to you until an angel hands you an axe. I mean, he's got a pretty cool axe. No, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, we'll help him. Good. This is actually important stuff. She laughs and she's like, yes, this is actually important stuff. He kind of nods and uh, looks over his shoulder and looks out at Silas. That's how we bring the epilogue to uh, story number one to a close. Let me run through a few housekeeping things. Looking at the remaining traits on the table, I actually don't see any traits that I need to keep. So I'm going to actually collect them all off the table. And I want to go through experience from the last time we did it to the end. I'm going to say that... First of all, uh, three experience points to T and Silas for using magic that occurred in the duel that occurred when you used the ritual magic. The 10 point Gunny's powers manifest that just happened. You can all get that one. You all had a hand in getting Gunny's powers to manifest. So that's fine. That's a shared one. Uh, In terms of high school ones. Nope. No. In terms of veil ones. No. um, Unless... Unless the three nope, Gunny gets a point when you defeat an adversary. You got... Oh, yeah. Gunny did. T. I'm sorry, T. 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 Okay. Yeah. T defeated T gets an adversary. An, T yeah. gets a point for that. Okay. Yeah. There you go, T. And I'm going to award T and Silas three points for uh, when you unveil a threat to the Shroud. Because that was only going to escalate. Okay. So you guys actually did stop a potential attack on the Shroud by getting Kazafel to actually stop and helping him with his actual problem. Are we going to time skip forward? For the next session? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we'll time skip forward. Because it only makes sense because we just got 19 experience points. Yeah, so you guys could spend some We need some time training to actually make make it make sense. We should time skip so that Gunny actually... In a week or two? Yeah, can kind of fold in. Okay, feel free to spend your XP to enhance your character. And in our rules, we have the point costs for how to 
increase all of your stuff and the you know the co- the XP cost for those. And I know that you guys have done this already, so if you wouldn't mind, go around the table and we'll go starting with Bob and we'll go that way. Bob, what did you give Gunny as your first advancements? Yeah, I spent uh, 5 XP to add a D6 to my mana pool and I also spent 5 XP to add a second special effect to my axe which will be uh, determined and unlocked later. Cool. I spent a five points of experience to get a, another D6 to my mana pool because I want more mana to start with. And then I spent 10 experience points to increase my performer from a D6 to a D8. Ooh. Because, right. you know, I can perform and I'm popular and I'm a geek. You're like Bandcamp all rolled in one. I'm kind of like <laughs> Bandcamp all rolled in one. T. Right, I spent five XP to increase my geek from a D4 to a D6. Because T's actually studying a little bit more. Oh, there we go. And I also spent 10 XP to add a new relationship, which will be explored in the upcoming adventure we discussed already, but I'm not going to reveal what's going on. Yeah, that's fine. Though people who listen to past episodes can probably guess where this is going. Sure. Let me run through a few housekeeping things. Looking at the remaining traits on the table, I actually don't see any traits that I need to keep, so I'm going to actually collect them all off the table. All right, last part to wrap up for tonight, Stars and Wishes. Something you liked and something you'd like to see. I, I liked the character of the school. I think that worked very well. Just um, like the general? Yeah. Okay, cool. It was interesting to see how that all worked. I like my disagreement in philosophy with T. Yes. It's pretty much my favorite thing right now. Yes. I'm, I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying that clash as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I, I really enjoyed the interaction between T and Silas. I really liked that you guys made it really work. I was telegraphing a lot to make this first story happen. You guys all did a really nice job of kind of picking up what I was putting out there and, and going with it. Like you had a great chance to remove the ah uh, trait. Like you had the points to do it and you were like, nah, I'm going to let it ride. Like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like anything has happened where I deserve to lose this, this yeah. mm-hmm. complication yet. So I appreciate that you, uh, you, you didn't do it. Like you could have done it for the mechanical bonus, but you actually played instead for the, for the effect. So I appreciate that. And I think you guys did great as balancing, like you both felt like high school students and now part of this like magical high school thing. I thought you guys fit into it really well, especially in our first session where we haven't really established much yet. We established a lot today. We, we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Wishes. Things you'd like to see. Things you'd like to see happen. I'd like to meet more members of the, of the club. Yes, I would also like to meet more members of the club. I, that's not really, I suppose, my wish, though. I'd like that we fought something with scale right off the bat. Just to show like how big things are out there. I'm also looking forward to fighting things that are on our level. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I wish to get the dueling thing down better too. I really liked the feel of it. I liked the clash back and forth kind of thing. So once we get polished at it, I think it'll go really well. I like where we have it, but yeah, I agree. It'll be nice to polish it up. So but what, it was I thought it was cool. So what is the difference between dueling somebody and just attacking them? There's a lot actually. You can get more mana out of it. You can assess potentially uh, better stress hits to people from it. Uh, you can keep them from getting mana, more mana back too. You can generate more mana quickly from a duel. Okay. That's one of the bigger advantages of it. I did think it was pretty anime that like just, yeah. you know, as soon as it was like, you're wasting my time and he like rushes at you guys. To- so the intent, I, I, and we screwed this up a little bit for that was you won that, that duel, right? Mm-hmm. Like that first exchange, you get a D6 to your to your pool or to step one up and the effect die Mm -hmm. so you get double mana essentially okay that's one of the biggest 
reasons to duel somebody. Gives you more mana to play with. Yep. Now, could I take in that, that second D6 and use it to bump up my D6 to a D8 instead? Uh, yes, because when you get that D6, you it's either get a D6 or step up a die. Okay. Yeah. If you have a die. Yep. yep. All right. So <clears throat> we've got uh, more members of the club, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure I'm going to go ask the um, Slack room to, uh, I think I'm about to go make a... We got a couple already. There's Archie Blake, and then there's, I mentioned somebody in the thing called Everson. After that, then pick whoever. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll have the Slack room make me like a couple. I'll ask them if they'd like to contribute. I wrote okay. down a nameless and started dropping names. What about you? What are your wishes, Bob? I I'm definitely uh, looking forward to finding out more about what the hell just happened. I am uh, no worries there. As Gunny, I am blown away. <laughs> Pun intended. For me, um, I think for my wish, I don't know. I really like like you guys. Like you guys did a great job tonight. Like I, I not surprised. Like I've played with you guys forever. I think wish wise, I'm looking forward to having you guys all in one scene. I did not mind juggling spotlight and stuff tonight, but I'm looking forward to giving you guys like a thing to tack on to Chris's a high school appropriate thing. In this case, the angel was obviously something a bit more powerful, but I got like a thing behind the scenes about that. Yeah, I'm interested to see you rest the high school thing too. Like Miss Cortez, there are lots of teachers that he actually respects and likes. Just not the gym teacher. It was funny. (laughs) It just gave me a chance to be like, dude, (laughs) be nice. Yeah. I guess if I had to say one more wish, which I know is going to happen, I'm really curious to see what veil training looks like for us. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's what class like veil class training looks like for us. I'm going to take care of that. Since we're in high school, magic high school, I feel like that's probably a part of it. Yep. That should be a thing in how that like matters to what's going on. Cool. That's all I have. I also want to see more of the competition between Lisa and Silas. <laughs> oh yeah, that's not That's going to be a thing. That'll be a thing. All right, well that's that's the episode then? Mm-hmm. That is our episode that is our first story. Thank you for joining us for Misdirected Mark Plays. Now let's do some Patreon shoutouts to thank those wonderful patrons who support our show. Let's start with the Royal Court. Ty Prunny, also known as Lord Timemonger, Lars Henrik Evjan, the Lord out of time, Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus, Chromatic Chameleon, the Queen's Spy Mistress, Schmitty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth, Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies, Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice, John Carney, the Court Necromancer, Craig, the Lord of One Name, Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia, GM Gerrymander, the Lord of the Aftershow, and Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard. Also representing our patrons are Chris Constantine, Miko Froelich, Eric Simon, Kathleen Halperin, Christopher Gamelk, Michael Beck Asperum, Joseph No, Carlos, Pep Dilemma, Michael Draper, Cubano, Alice Cura, Jim Fitzpatrick, Brantley Harris, Steve Radabaugh, Roy McLeod, Ninjabi, Richard Wyatt, Joseph Peralta, JT Evans, Brian Kurtz, my Brett, not my Brett, but somebody's Brett, Chris Steele, Jared Rasher, Eileen Barnes, and Brandon Barnes. Thank you so much for being our patrons. If you'd like more content like this, you can find it on our website at misdirectedmark.com. Want some more? Go to our Patreon page at patreon.com mmp. There's a bunch of bonus episodes. There's our after show, the Bamboo Lounge podcast, our MM Plays game stuff, like our setting for the this game, the Children of the Shroud. My game development notes for the Lamplighter system are on there. Our character sheets are on there. Our mod stuff is on there. All sorts of stuff is on there. And you get access to our Slack room. And that's important because that's the best way to get a hold of us. But if you don't want to get a hold of us that way, you can reach us using email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. You can also use Twitter. The best place is at misdirectedmark. Now, we have some other shows on this network. We have Pandas Talking Games, The Gnome Cast, Bonus Experience, and Thaka with Advantage. Let's dig a little deeper into one of these shows, Pandas Talking Games. 
queer gamers talking about tabletop role-playing games and making outtakes. Join Pandas, Phil, and Senda every Wednesday answering listener questions about playing, running, and designing tabletop role-playing games. Get cozy, and let's talk about some games. Now, if that's still not enough, we have some friends who make podcasts. There's the Tabletop Bellhop, your board game concierge, the Knights of the Night who make excellent APs, and Mastering Dungeons with Sean Merwin and Teos Abadia. They're still doing their 5th edition thing, and you can catch them on the podcasts or on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, How to RPG is by Sean P. Kelly of Gaming MBS. It's one of my favorite things going on on the internet on YouTube right now, and if you want a variety of games to talk about, go check it out over there. He is live on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern. Well, with that, this has been a Mr. Ectomark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop. We out.